This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Emma Benner, and today I'm sharing episode 78 with Tara Shoup. Tara Shoup is a humanitarian and outdoor photographer, and through her work, she captures raw human stories, meaningful travel experiences, and focuses on women empowerment. She works with various organizations, brands, and people around the world to share their personal stories, the positive impact they are making, and more. She hopes to use her work to cultivate awareness and be a positive person in the creative world. Tara recently released a photo book called Let Her Dream, which shares some of the powerful stories, quotes, and photography that she has captured around the world on her various projects. In this episode, Tara talks about both of the photo books that she has published, Let Her Dream and The Alaska Photo Book, her experience spending 96 days in a Dutch NICU after her water broke at 22 weeks, how she captures stories ethically across all cultures, using her photography and creative skills for good, and pursuing her passions of humanitarian and outdoor photography. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tara Shoup. All right, today on the podcast, I'm so excited to welcome Tara Shoup to the podcast. Welcome, Tara. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So to get started here, why don't you tell us, catch us all up on who you are and how you got to where you are today and maybe what life is like outside of your business as well. Oh, man. Um, I feel like that <laughs> that alone could take up all of our time. Uh, not that I'm super interesting, but this last year has been a record year, I think, for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, a little side note, I also had a baby. So it's Congrats. been- Congrats. Thank you. Um, not planned to be a pandemic baby, but she came three months early. And so that's like a whole other crazy story. But um, yes, I am a humanitarian photographer and I- Geez, I've been doing this for 10 years now. Um, it's slowly been evolving, I would say. I mean, I feel like it changes constantly, but that's kind of my personality and uh, the creative side of me, I think, as well. But uh, photography has just really always been my passion. I started in film in high school and then continued it kind of as far as I could in college uh, went into graphic design and was always still just like, man, photography is really my passion there. And so uh, jumped all around from first job was at an ad agency and that taught me a lot about retouching and kind of the creative side behind like just taking a really nice photo and how the power of retouching and uh, just like the actual usage of the photo, especially commercially, um, 
I think that taught me a lot in that phase. And then I was really dreaming like, oh man, maybe I want to be like a fashion photographer. So I moved to New York on a whim. Um, My now husband was going to grad school out there. And so we were like, we're going to live this East Coast dream. Um, That was very difficult, but we were out there for a little over two years. And I really tried to dive into this fashion world and worked for some really talented people Um, learned a lot more about retouching and the fashion industry and each step of the way it was just not for me but it was a really important part of how I grew as a creative because um, especially in the photography side of it I learned so much about like production and uh, lighting different creative ways and again that retouching element and how important that was to kind of create a style that was beyond just like storytelling and photography. Um, And so after New York, uh, I finally started going full time. Um, More like contract work started in New York. And then once I left New York, we headed back to where originally from Kansas City. Um, I went full time and wow, that was in 2014. So things have been kind of just like slowly evolving more in that humanitarian route since then, which going back before all of this, I had started doing like volunteering and had spent a summer in Malawi, Africa the first time with a camera. And that had always stuck with me. And it had always been this um, just important time that I realized Uh, that was truly my passion and it was a matter of how I could get back to that. And so I started really, um, yeah, just really like trying to narrow down like how I could show my work in that way and how I could separate like any of my uh, commercial work and small businesses and portraits uh, separate from the humanitarian side of things, which was my true passion. And that's kind of where I am today, focusing on nonprofits, um, positive storytelling, uh, how to capture people's stories with dignity and yeah, like teach and share with my viewers uh, just different stories around the world. It's so interesting how you did create this business and then when you start or when you were working I saw you worked with like Birchbox, Dress Barn and people free people and those are some really big names so how did you so was that when you were in New York working doing the contract work for the fashion side of things yeah so the cool thing about I mean there's lots of cool things about New York but I was absolutely had no idea what I was doing I had just gone from an ad agency as a designer to suddenly jumping going, I am going to do photography. And I had only kind of played around with it on the side. And, you know, I think I was, well, that was a long time ago, but I was like, I'm pretty talented. It's um, so incredibly hard. And you can get a lot of these like contract gigs, um, you know, as a retoucher, which I didn't even know that was so much a thing. I thought, Um, You know, you have to be a photographer uh, or you have to be these certain things that 
I thought was the only way to, I guess, enter into the industry. Um, but then I started to realize you could be a, a production assistant on set. You could be solely a retoucher in a dark room. Um, and so I started to get connected with a few different artists and then that led me to some studios. And so it was a lot of like, you get hired for a day or I'd get contracted for several months. Um, and yeah, I would get with a studio where we would have, um, yeah, like dress barn was a, gosh, that seems like forever ago. <laughs> I don't even know how you found that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Dress barn it was, was on your LinkedIn. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, wait, oh, I haven't updated LinkedIn in forever. Um, yeah. So like dress barn and I, we had target and that was just like a lot of getting, um, you know, I wouldn't say it was anything glamorous at all. And it was a lot of like, we had to get through five or five, like 50, uh, looks for the day and it was a lot of like website e-commerce nothing like so glamorous and that was the other part of what made me realize like this is really cool and I'm learning a ton but even the really glamorous awesome shoots that I got to be a part of gosh it just was not for me like you have so much setup for fashion and you'd spend hours just getting uh, the lighting right for one look. And as much as I appreciated that, um, it just made me realize that's not how I wanted to work and how I saw myself as an artist. And so I kind of took what I learned from that and wanted to implement it into my style of work. And now that you're working more on the humanitarian side and with different nonprofits, what are some of the nonprofits that you're working with and how do you get connected with those? Yeah, so I feel like I'm still kind of with a lot of small grassroots gra grassroots organizations. And um, like this last year, I was with a conservation organization um, and then also with a small local like she's we, it's all so random. Like a lot of it is social media. Um, but then a lot of times, like I, I will see someone like something or follows and I'll shoot them an email and just be like, Hey, I saw that you came across my work. Are you looking for any video or photography? Um, and we kind of go from there or we'll send out like a book like Let Her Dream, uh, which is one of the purposes with that. And we can talk about that more. But um, it's kind of like constantly sharing your work and putting yourself out there and showing them like, hey, I can help tell stories. And I try to focus on like even people within their company, like their staff, like let's highlight some awesome things you guys are doing. Um, keeping it like less commercial and more like raw um positive storytelling that maybe they haven't thought about going that route and that's been something i have really enjoyed kind of working with them creatively and it feels less like i'm being hired to shoot x y and z and more like we're partnering on a creative direction of what we see like being a really good outcome for their mission and what they're trying to tell their viewers um, far more than just like getting donations. And where are all these organizations located? Because it seems like you're traveling all over and telling these incredible stories of culture and, and all these people throughout the world. So are a lot of these organizations local or th are those what you're traveling for? They, it's, it's tricky because like we were living, my husband and I 
we lived uh, in the Netherlands the last two and a half years. Oh, cool. We've we've lived um, a lot of different places in our, (laughs) um, but even though we were there, I could travel to like Tanzania, for example, and I'm working in Tanzania, but the organization is an American organization. So it's Mm, a little tricky because like, you know, I um, shot for an organization that is from Kansas City, and that's kind of how we connected, because that's where we we're both originally from. But she lives and works and is running her organization in Tanzania. So, like, I'm still like tax wise, like a US company. Mm. Um, but yeah, a lot of times, like, most of my work is in country, um, and they're usually a US based organization. So what brought you back to the United States? <laughs> um, well, I think the the baby ordeal. Mm. Um, <laughs> Wait, so did that happen while you were in the Netherlands? Yes. Oh, so, no. yeah, we, I actually had just finished. I was about 17 weeks pregnant. And this is our first child um, when I was in Tanzania. So I was pregnant the whole time um, shooting this just awesome assignment. Um, I had two separate ones. And when we'd finished that, uh, the day we landed back in the Netherlands uh, is when everything was shutting down with COVID. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no big deal. We just had had three weeks of shooting. And so I had a ton of editing. And so for me, I was like, COVID will be done by the time my editing is done. <laughs> Weren't we all like that? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this actually is pretty real life for like, you know, everyone thinks the on you know, in-country, like, shooting is what you're doing all the time. Well, there's usually, like, weeks or months of post-production, as you probably know with a podcast. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, oh, this will all just wrap up about when I'm wrapping up. Well, I, uh, a few weeks into editing, my water broke at 22 weeks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and um, we were told that we were going to lose her, and it was a really just crazy experience to kind of sum up, but um, I haven't shared much of it Mm -hmm. because this is also kind of getting into like being in an industry that feels like, you know, you have to be available to do a lot of like physical or let's call it like adventurous work. And it involves like carrying a lot of gear, being out in elements that I was even nervous about telling, um, you know, my that assignment that I was pregnant um, because I was worried about malaria and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) different things like that. Um, And so to share that I was suddenly on um, bed rest and in this situation uh, was still something that I wasn't sure how to navigate. Um, And then happily, (laughs) we, we made it five weeks on me um, doing bed rest and we had been told that was like wasn't going to happen and we were going to lose her and then I don't know by some miracle she Wait, didn't you come. hadn't given birth yet and your water broke and five weeks later then you did yeah so she wow. had we had no fluids um she was in there uh wow. with no fluids for five weeks and every day we were just you know like praying and hoping that we would make it another day and it was a really stressful time. Um, I had amazing clients that just really like were so supportive and were like, Tara, do not worry about work at all. Like just relax, like 
put your feet up, try to get through this. And so that's something else that kind of was just so awesome to realize that I have built a business to not only be the the direction that I want, um, but also to work with people that I really couldn't be more thankful for, like their heart and not only for their work and their mission, but to just so quickly go, do not worry about a thing, take care of yourself. And um, so that really helped getting through that. And we ended up, long story short, um, had an emergency C-section and had our little, she was 27 weeks when she came and she weighed less than two pounds. Wow. And we spent 96 days in the NICU in Holland. So everything is um, not in English. Yeah. <laughs> it was very like crazy experience. Um, but now she's a healthy like Aww. five month old, but also oh, an eight so month old. Hear. Yeah. So that was kind of our, you know, it's time to come home. Like we were, mm-hmm. it was a really hard experience to go through, like being, you know, completely away from family and friends and on top of it with COVID uh, no one could come out to be with us Um, so we were just really eager to kind of get home for a while and kind of figure out those next moves. Wow that is like such an incredibly challenging time COVID work stuff and three (laughs) months in the NICU just has to be so incredibly stressful. Yeah, it it's still something that um, we are processing a lot. Um, it's that's why I was like, oh man, Whew. like to talk about work. It's it's been a weird year, but again, like it's such a crazy time to also kind of reflect on, um, yeah, like what this year brought us and uh, where I am with work right now, how to move forward as a new mom. Um, yeah, a lot of things to be excited about and thankful for. What's the best advice that you have for other parents that are in the NICU? Oh, man. Um, I would say, oh, man, as hard as it is, you truly have to look at each day as a gift. And I'm going to try not to get emotional about because it's really hard to talk about. But um, each day is, is very much like they don't they don't give you the hope of like, here's the plan. You're going to be here for three months and then you're going to get out and it'll be like this. They just, you never get to have that hope. And so you really have to have it for yourself and you can't get ahead of each day because you could have gone weeks and everything felt great. And, uh, there were just really, really difficult days that happened that, um, you know, is also really hard to communicate with others, uh, outside of your, little bubble in this little room. So I think you just have to take each day um, as a gift and to be present and try to just be thankful that you're there and it's still just another day. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That just sounds incredibly just the most challenging period. Yeah. I think it it really was for us. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I kind of had this for the end on um, kind of some of my inspirations, but it it has really inspired me um, with my work, having a daughter, having just kind of published and put out my Let Her Dream book literally had came like printed 
right when all this had happened. So Mm. suddenly to think, you know, I've been telling stories of uh, young women and different areas and situations around the world. And then suddenly I'm sitting here in a room just hoping uh, Mm -hmm. that everything's going to turn out okay with my little girl. And so it, it's brought a lot, um, yeah, I don't know, to the forefront for me and my work and what it means. Yeah. And I have to imagine that you've seen some pretty challenging things in other cultures when you're kind of stepping into their life. I mean, you have this beautiful, beautiful blog where you share just these incredible photos and stories from around the whole world. And it's so cool how you really step in to their lives with the projects and capture a, like the Tanzania project in particular was um, that was the motherhood one, right? Yeah. So that one, um, the motherhood stories were from an organization called Walk in Love Tanzania. And I originally had been going there for um, the Grumetti Fund as a conservation organization and then ended up this was the girl that she's from Kansas City. And so her organization is so life changing for these moms and talk about like a crazy like I was pregnant at the time and of course like everything's normal for me at that point. But Mm -hmm. it was it was so eye opening and it was a huge shift because I suddenly was pregnant sitting there interviewing moms who are struggling, um, you know, either with like feeding their babies or if they're going to have housing, um, a safe place to sleep, like, you know, all of these things that I take for granted. And um, one of the women was pregnant while I was interviewing her and the organization director was like, I know you're pregnant and Glory's pregnant. Um, Maybe just don't mention or, or, you know, in the interview, maybe don't bring up and try to talk about her being pregnant. And I was thinking like, oh, why? Like, like that's such a like kind of cool thing, right? Like we're both pregnant. Um, but it's, it's such a taboo there. Like you don't acknowledge or get excited because so many bad things happen. And what I found crazy is I was like, man, I, I kind of wonder, like, I'd love to tell Glory what happened to me, like what happened with her or, you know, to like oh, follow yeah, up with yeah. her. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy thing and not a lot of people ask about that side of it. So it's kind of cool to talk about. Like, yeah, it's a it's a huge reason why I'm extremely passionate about women's stories. Um each interview that I've had has taught me something different. It has put me in someone else's shoes. It has just opened my world to so much that I was never aware of. Um, and that's kind of where that heart is with Let Her Dream. It's It shares a lot of those um, stories and bits of those interviews along with the photos that I really believe um, share a piece of that heart. And also, I, I don't want to say like kind of am proud of the fact that I feel like I can get on a level of of intimacy with these women that they let me capture them in such a way. And it's just so special to me. Well, and how do you do that? How do you walk me through the process of how you get, you integrate yourself so deeply in these cultures while ensuring that you're respecting the cultural differences, ethically capturing all these stories and just making sure that everything is done respectfully? 
Yeah, that's something um, that I posted a, a blog post on a while ago, and I've received so much uh, feedback on, oh man, this has been so helpful for me. Uh, I, I think I called it the ethics of humanitarian photography. And, you know, for, I, I look back at like the first time I traveled out of the country and I, you know, had a camera and I'm snapping photos. And I, I think about that, that person and I don't think, oh, oh, I was so naive and silly. I just, I hadn't learned. And so I don't think there's doing much wrong. It's more like, how do we move forward to where we make this more of a, um, I actually genuinely want to get to know you. And so, um, and that's something I just learned with each uh, assignment, each trip, like even with my own personal travel, um, it's a very much like, hi, like, can I take your photo? Okay, so now there's a language barrier. How do I communicate that without us being able to fully understand each other in English. And so, you know, there's the funny art of like, can I take your photo? Oh, always showing the photo, laughing, like interacting, like spending a moment with this person. And so there's a lot of times that I might ask that and someone doesn't feel comfortable. Well, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. So I'm not going to take that photo because that's not why I'm here. Um, and so I kind of quickly made that my motto it's like, I'm not going to just be snapping photos. I want this to be more of a let's get to know each other. Um, and then when it's more like I get to actually have an interview, that's just like my dream. Like when we can sit down and I get to hear a story and we have a translator and that's just such a like each of those interviews will be with me forever. Um, getting to kind of step into their homes, that's just like something that is hard to explain to my viewers almost, but I I try my best to kind of share a bit of what that meant to me and how I go about it with that dignity of like, it's so humbling. Like if someone came in my home and wanted to capture me as a mom, that's mm -hmm. very intimate and I'd want it to, you know, look all Instagram worthy or something, let's just say. <laughs> but yet I get to kind of step in and do this and no one's making up their home. They're, you know, of course they are. They want to serve you tea and like have this be special. But each time it's just something that I think I feel so incredibly honored to be there and be able to capture that. Um, I don't know. I just try to kind of try my best to like share with them as much joy as I'm receiving and like show them the photos on the camera, um, try to tell them how beautiful they are, how special, like what it is that I'm seeing, because sometimes they don't see that. They don't see what I'm seeing. And yeah, I don't know. I could keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing to hear. I mean, just to step into those cultures and get to be brought in in such a personal level and and learn just about the differences in life and hear their experiences has to put everything in such a different perspective for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And while you're on these trips, you've done um, some really cool treks. I saw your blog post about Morocco and then the fundraiser you did at the base camp of Everest and um, all of that cool work. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Those were just kind of, pers I mean, I've, <laughs> we'll see how this goes moving forward as a mom 
Um, I hope to take her on. I mean, we named her Alaska James, so Aww. I I think she has to kind of live up to a little bit of adventure. Yeah, <laughs> but I think she's already been on one. Um, yeah, I just have always loved uh, adventuring and you know, like camping and hiking, and so those are just kind of a bit of my like uh, personal endeavors, I guess. And then the trek for girls was something that I wanted to do for my 30th birthday. And, um, gosh, I think I just saw, um, like a two year time hop thing and I was like, Oh, I want to do that again. And, um, we, they, that was partnered with, uh, Covenant Children's Home and they're an organization I've worked with. I don't know. I think now three times they're in India and they do beautiful work. They, um, basically, take children that are in need either off the streets or they find out locally in their communities, um, you know, if there is a child that their parents can't support them or maybe uh, they're being cast out because they're a young girl and uh, they're looked at differently in certain parts of India, especially the more rural areas. Um, And so I've just loved seeing how they work. And so I was wanting to give back to them and help, um, yeah, raise money towards their cause. And so that was what Trek for Girls was about. And I never had done my own fundraiser. And it, I guess I would say was a success in my mind. Um, We had, I can't remember how many people, but we had a full group of Trekkers and everyone kind of then at that point was trying to get their own, um, uh, what do you want to get? donations towards the cause and then we trekked to Everest Base Camp stayed the night froze our butts off and had a great time <laughs> uh yeah that was such a cool blog post storytelling all those are cool and um just to have you tag along must be so exciting because you get to take all those photos for them and have <laughs> such great memories yeah for sure and I I yeah, I think I was like oh man these donations are like nothing compared to what they're used to getting I felt like it was so small and that's just like another like I think everything can be towards something good even if it's not going to be like I think I could have very easily been like oh this isn't going to be that helpful so why would I do it but in the end I think we gave the organization and the cause like light that wasn't probably the most like you know celebrity highlight but even if it reached one person Mm -hmm. um it was worth it. And it brought a lot of people together for a great cause. And it was just a good time. Yeah, every dollar counts in the nonprofit world and, <laughs> and fundraising. Um, so yeah, let's dive into the letter dream book that is recently finished recently published. So it's super exciting. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's kind of a personal. So when you asked about like how I get business, it's actually kind of always paired with, I did actually an Alaska book, um, was kind of an outdoor. So kind of half my stuff is like outdoor realm and then humanitarian stuff. So this is to highlight these stories that I was saying have been kind of ingrained in my mind that I have just a whole like lineup of work that I feel like I haven't put a lot of personal work out there. And so this was just kind of a labor of love of like bringing a lot of that together and first I was going to just bring a lot of personal work together but this idea had been on my mind and my heart for a long time 
um, of, like I said, these women's stories always really stuck out to me. And I think on every assignment, I was always drawn toward capturing more women's stories um, and just the different struggles and how they were very different than any of the men or young boys that I interviewed. Um, So I just wanted to highlight that in a beautiful way that just kind of shared how women from all around the world um, have similar dreams and just kind of how we can bring them to the forefront of, um, yeah, like the things that they're going through. And it's not so much a like, let's listen to their problems and then how we can fix them. And they're not so much problems. It's more like really beautiful portraits and hearing a piece of their heart. And then it shares the organization that's currently kind of trying to work on those issues locally. Wow. Um, Were you in partnership with any organizations or anything like that in putting this together? Or was this really personal and just pulling the photos from some of the previous projects? A lot of them are from when I was on assignments with these organizations and kind of started sharing with them this vision I had. And um, later on, I started doing like some of the So each of them, it's divided into locations and um, like the last three locations were um, I was actually like, hey, here's my vision. And we did interviews like specifically for Let Her Dream. And then some of the others were just like, here's girls that we interviewed for that nonprofit's work. And then I shared those and highlighted what they're doing uh, for those issues. Well, I have to get myself a copy because the previews of it just on your website just look beautiful and like the photos tell a unique story in themselves. So I can't wait to read the storytelling piece too to add to all of that. Um, And something you wrote on your website with it was that this book is only the beginning of where you hope this project is taken and that the book sales go to fund that. So where do you see yourself taking this? Yeah, so I, my ultimate dream, so my dream is that this can turn into um, an art exhibition that could share not only like the photos, but where you could step up and actually listen to the audio because these are all recorded interviews that I've just kind of transcribed um, into pieces of the book. And so I think one, bringing it to an actual like gallery space where people can really step in and kind of feel a bit more of that experience that I have felt through those interviews. So that's one piece of it. And then the second is just to continue the series um, in whatever scope and how far that could go. So right now with my current life situation and how we've moved back and we have a new baby, um, I'm focusing on that gallery art exhibition side of it and maybe doing even a local series that's not so much all around the globe but locally um you know I haven't turned my work inward in a long time so I think it could be a really interesting uh way to continue the series do you stay in contact with these women after connecting with them over there Um, now more people are on social media where before, like even a few years ago, a lot of women weren't, I could find them through the organizations that I was working with. Um, but no, it's really hard to, 
some people I'm on like WhatsApp with. Yeah. So do they know they're featured in this book? A lot of them, they would, yeah, through the organization if they shared it. But sadly, I think, I think some of them would have, there would just be no way that they would know, especially Mm. they knew, they knew like during our interviews and photos that it was being used for like stories and, um, but that's a really good, because I would love for them to see it. Yeah, I was just curious if you've gotten any feedback from them and and them seeing how their story was put together and told. Yeah, I think it would be difficult um, from all of them because there's a lot, but there are certain ones that I think it would be um, easier than others to have it be shared and see what they think. Some of the places I've been back to and I've seen some of the women, well, women some of them were young, like more uh, young girls, but I would show them like on my phone, like photos from past visits and stuff. And that's always super fun. So you've done all this incredible work in so many cool places. Where is somewhere you dream of going and where do you dream of capturing women and being able to t- tell their stories? Ooh, I feel like anywhere. I, I have a... Each place is, I can't choose. (laughs) I'm like anywhere. Um, I love anywhere in Asia and I have a special love for India. Um, But I would say anywhere else in Asia. I haven't been to Vietnam, so that's kind of on my, my list. But for the most part, it's really kind of like wherever I feel like that connection kind of happens, um, especially since that side of it is more personal work. Um, it's just kind of where I feel like I'm going to, I have some really good stories that might need to be told. And so that might be here locally, um, especially since people are going through a lot and Mm -hmm. education is really difficult for kids right now. And so, um, I've been trying to think of, think of it differently like how how could I tell those stories in a really creative light here um but I don't know I've also been thinking of like Antarctica and like Mm, some places that I was like oh I've been like where would be like the next big adventure so I don't know we'll see yeah what does work look like now being a new mom in the middle of a pandemic and (laughs) all that stuff (laughs) yeah it's been a really crazy a really crazy season. Like, um, it's only been, gosh, two months since we moved back and we bought a house and, uh, yeah, new baby. And we actually ended up back in the hospital, uh, for a week when we got back cause she got sick. Um, so it's been really hard to go like, Oh, we're just back to normal life, but I feel like we're almost there. And, um, it's, it's a challenge, like, to learn how to balance what used to be a lot of my creative time to balance it with nap time, baby, 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 <laughs> little nap time. Um, and so it's definitely a struggle for my creative brain, but it's such a gift. And I, I'm just kind of taking it wherever it goes right now. And Um, right now I've been focusing on local creatives, like doing portraits that highlight like the work that they're doing. Oh, Um, cool. 
yeah so kind of like some environmental environmental portraits um and there was a girl recently that she is a designer but like focuses her design work on nonprofits and the humanitarian side of things so i thought oh that's kind of a cool connection and you know i haven't really thought about focusing work that way but i think this is kind of where like being freelance is so fun but also the part that people again like don't really see that it's so much of this like ebb and flow of like searching searching and then you find something really awesome and then you're like oh let's run with this <laughs> yeah I just have to imagine that it's been challenging during this season especially with like events like you know the in-person stuff isn't really happening that you can go to and capture all right. of that yeah it's a weird time and like even you know I it's really weird because the for me like the pregnancy side of things um on top of COVID, like, there were a lot of things I had planned that didn't happen because of COVID, but at the same time, I would have had to cancel because of my pregnancy. Mm, so, yeah. in, a, in a weird way, I've kind of, like, hidden under that of being, like, you know, how much do I share is a piece of what really happened to me versus um, this was because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I had a lot of things that you know, now like following up with still aren't happening because of COVID. So there's a lot of um, nonprofits around the world that are struggling, uh -huh. like, a, like a lot of people. And especially when a lot of work involved traveling, people aren't traveling. So it's um, an interesting little like puzzle kind of, but it's not too discouraging. Like I, I like to think, um, it's yeah just a fun creative puzzle of like how can I turn this into something that is local or can still be a piece of uh, my passion and my work that's not completely off my brand and my mission so we'll see yeah I appreciate that perspective just because it's what a lot of people have had to do figure out what does this you know, quote unquote, new normal look like for them yeah. and to continue doing what they enjoy in a different way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do want to talk more about that Alaska photo book that you mentioned, because I think <laughs> it's so cool how you put that together. And then you put 15% of the sales to go back to the national park systems, which it has um, a big place in my heart because I love the outdoors. I'm here in Colorado, so got a lot of yeah. the mountains and, and national parks. So tell me more about that. Well, that one, um, oh man, when did I put that? I put that together back in, I think it was 2017 now. Maybe it was 2018. Um, and, time's a blur. <laughs> yeah, time is a blur. Um, and that was just a, another portfolio piece that I kind of wanted to bring some of that work together and um oh what I and what I forgot to say about the let her dream books as well is that both of those books a huge part of it is just sending those out to different organizations or what the Alaska book was meant for um which was like if I'm gonna sell either of these books I wanted them to either like go to a cause or you know continue to just fund like what I hope my work is doing which is bringing more good to the world so it's um yeah both of those I kind of chose how that was going to go back in some way and the Alaska book was I also am like huge 
you know, love the outdoors and everything. So I was like, this seems right. I spend enough time outdoors. Yeah. Let's give back. Um, and then I sent the rest of what wasn't sold. Uh, a big portion just went out to a bunch of like, oh, I don't know, like outdoor companies and potential clients. Oh, cool. You have the coolest work, the coolest job and just do some of the most incredible things. I don't know about that. As I'm sitting in a, I'm sitting in a basement of our new home. Like, <laughs> husband, I'm like, you go upstairs, try to keep the baby from screaming, and I'll be down here with a space heater. <laughs> we don't see that uh, that part. We see the glamorous side. Yeah, that's what it's. You know, it's a oh, man. How do we how do we show the world that life is normal, but work is also still pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see how the year goes. Well, thank you for sharing everything you did, but to wrap it up with the end of podcast questions, what is the best or most recent book that you've read? I, while I was on bed rest read like in a day where the crawdads sing Mm, yeah which I learned they're turning into a movie and I'm super excited um but I also am a huge like uh self-help like anytime there's a self-help book I'm buying it but I I have you heard of the artist way I have I've never read it though it's more of like a workbook and I would say that's one that I would recommend um it's a really great like daily um kind of gives you little tasks and it's really like challenging you to just kind of dig deeper into your why and um like you don't have to be a creative but kind of believes everyone has a little bit of creativity in them that's hiding so I recommend that one I love it um who or what is illuminating or inspiring in your life right now I have to say my daughter at the moment Um, just because of everything I feel like we already went through together. Um, I just find myself like stopping and being really thankful and inspired by just how much she fought to be here. And Uh yeah, so she's kind of my inspiration these days. Oh, that's so special and and so good to hear that she's healthy and, and doing well after so much struggle. Yeah. Um, and what is an organization that you'd like to illuminate? Ooh, this is really difficult because... Yeah, you've worked with a ton of awesome ones. <laughs> I've worked with a, um, a bunch of, yeah, really good ones. Um, I would say if if anyone has the chance to get one of the Let Her Dream books, each of those um, organizations that I worked with to kind of capture those photos um, are listed in there. Um, and then recently the one that just really I think is so awesome is the Grimetti Fund in Tanzania that I worked with because it's a conservation organization but it just trickles down into so many different layers of the community and they get into like women empowerment education and and just kind of you see how like all of those layers have to be working together for even though it's conservation it's like you know the community has to be educated on uh wildlife you know and all this stuff for it to kind of flow the way that it does and so i would check them out i think it's pretty cool 
Awesome. And then what is your one message to send to the world? Um, I feel like I could ramble about this forever. Like I have everything else, but (laughs) do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say deep down, I hope that we can all like find ways to do good with the gifts that we've been given. Um, I think I'm a creative obviously, but creative or not, I feel like every day we could decide how we're going to channel our talents and, I just think that we can all feel overwhelmed or convinced that our good isn't big enough. But um, like one of my favorite African proverbs that this woman uh, said in one of our interviews in Ghana was small, small things make an elephant. And I thought that was just such a cool proverb. And she translated it as sometimes people place limitations on themselves, but no matter how small you start, you can get where you need to be. And that's just been like a huge piece of my inspiration. And I think in the end, I just hope that by sharing these stories with others that I don't know, like maybe I can inspire others to realize like every dream is worth chasing and even the smallest good over time can be more impactful than we ever imagined. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation today with Tara Shoup. If you want to continue to follow along with all of her work and the incredible stories that she's sharing, you can find her website, tarashoupphotography.com, or you can find her on Instagram at Tara Shoup. And while you're over there, make sure to give the Illuminate podcast a follow. We are Illuminate underscore pod on Twitter and at the Illuminate podcast on Instagram. And if you've been loving the Illuminate podcast recently, we'd love if you left a rating and review on your favorite podcast app or shared it with your friends or on social media. Just got the word out about the Illuminate podcast. That is such a great way for us to continue to grow the show and share the stories of the incredible people that we get to interview. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tara Shoup and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.